Chris Miles was able to retire twice by the time he was 39 years old. But he's not content to just enjoy his own financial freedom and peace of mind. Chris wants you to have your own ripple effect so you can live free today. He's not the financial advisor you expected. He's the anti-financial advisor you deserve. He's jumping behind the mic right now, ready to make waves. Here's Chris Miles. Hello, my fellow Ripplers. This is Chris Miles, your cash flow expert and anti-financial advisor. One more show that's for you because you work so hard for your money and you want your money still working harder for you right now. You want that freedom and cash flow today, not 30 or 40 billion years from now, but right now. So you live that life that you love with those that you love. But it's not just about getting rich. It's about creating a rich life because as you're blessed financially, you can create a greater ripple effect through the lives of others. Thank you for tuning in today. Thank you for binging, sharing. Guys, thank you again. Like those of you that have gone and reached out to us, we had an amazing September. We have so many of you that we can do massive, massive stuff for. Really appreciate the big response we had to people, especially with that little birthday promotion where I was able to give a bonus meeting for those that signed up. Man, such an amazing thing. Thank you for reaching out to us. As a reminder, if you have questions, you can reach out to us at moneyripples.com. Hey, how amazing would it be if you could create monthly cash flow, passive income from making at least double digit returns on your money? And get this, it's only $1,000 or more that you need to invest. Guys, that's exactly what Secured Investment Corp does. They actually do short-term lending to real estate investors that's backed by real estate that you can actually return double-digit returns on. That means 10% or better. It's also IRA-friendly, and you can even reinvest those monthly distributions to create compound interest on your money, too. If you want to learn more about that, go check out securedinvestmentcorp.com. That's secured, S-E-C-U-R-E-D, investmentcorp.com. All right. The question that I tend to see from a lot of these people I had reached out over last month, a lot of the concerns was about the stock market. Are we at the bottom? It seems like we are. Is it going to come back? That's a great question. I'm going to say this simply. Is the bear market over? Is the stocks going to start coming back up again and rebounding? Even though this is late September, I'm recording this. The answer is no. I can guarantee that in my future, which is when you're watching this in a bear market, we still got a lot of room to go. And that's the one question people are saying, wait a minute, but how low can it go? Are we pretty close to the bottom? If you're a financial advisor, you're already telling people, stay in it, keep dollar cost averaging because you're buying on sale. Well, great, buddy. Well, if it were really on sale, dollar cost averaging, should I have like not listened to you when the market was hitting all-time highs in 2021? I should have stopped buying then, saved up all my money or it hitting whatever low you claim it's going to be right now. Nope, doesn't work. Dollar cost averaging is a joke. I taught that as a financial advisor. I can tell you that does not work. The reason they teach that to you is because they don't want you to second guess. And there's some truth to that. If you're the kind of person that actually tries to jump in to the market when it's hot, and then you jump out when it's not, you've already missed the boat and you're going to have bad timing. That's the one way that financial advisors are correct. The way that they're incorrect is this is that it's not always a good time to buy. In fact, the time to buy is when nobody wants to buy. And the time to get out of the market is when everybody's telling you it's still okay to buy. That's right now. I'm not claiming you guys should sell off anything. I'm not saying you should sell off your stock market, your stocks, your mutual funds, or anything of that nature. But I will say this. If you think it's going to go down lower, you might want to look at ways to preserve what you have, wait for it to go lower. Then if you want to get in, maybe do that. Now, many of you guys know I was a financial advisor before, 
what you may not know is I was also a stock trader. I actually taught and trained about 200 people how to trade stocks and options. I had done that myself. I had done that. In fact, I was even doing that towards the end of my financial advisor days and even a little bit over when I was starting to teach people about getting out of the rat race. I was doing that for a few years. It was interesting the things I learned stock trading that's different than what they teach you as a financial advisor. And so I'm going to come from that perspective because I've had a lot of you guys, especially those of you on Instagram or even on YouTube from time to time, you get some of these little trolls that say, Chris, the S&P 500, I actually had somebody claim this. They said the S&P 500 is the safest, most diversified asset in the world. Literally, quote for quote, safest, most diversified asset in the world, end quote. If that's the most ignorant statement I've ever heard, I don't know what it is. That is one of the most ignorant things to ever say. First off, I didn't know this guy was the world authority. That's pretty impressive. Secondly, this person's coming off saying it's the most diversified and it's the safest. First off, there's so many more safer assets than mutual funds. He was saying the S&P 500 to be exact. S&P 500 is not safe. It's not even conservative and, and definitely not low risk. And on top of that, it's not diversified. They might say, oh, 500 companies, but it's the same asset class. You want to look at diversifying your assets by other asset classes that are not in the stock market or affected by the stock market. That was just ridiculous. Now, I know most of you guys get this. It's just the weird trolls that have no nothing else to do with their time and like to put comments on this. I want to address them specifically because I know there's a part of their voice that's also in your head because it's the mainstream, what mainstream says. And if you follow mainstream, you will lose. Mainstream sucks. Mainstream people are broke. Mainstream people don't become financially free. Mainstream people won't become financially independent by 2030 like you can be. No, this is not going to happen for these people ever. Never going to happen. They're full of BS and crap. So crap, so much BS. It's just totally brown. Okay, so I'm going to show you an article by Motley Fool here. So this is written by Sean Williams. Where will the bear market bottom? So he talks about two valuation-based indicators offering a clear range. This guy's going to say, is this the bottom? Now understand, Motley Fool, if you're following any of these kind of places, we'll just take a look. Should be seeing some ads here. Oh, look, Stock Advisor. Now also a Motley Fool service. You should buy that. Because what do they want you to do? Buy stocks. If you ever want to know what these guys promote, just look at who's advertising on their thing. Notice, latest stock picks. They want you in the stock market. Now, they might tell you that you can short stocks. But of course, this one's coming from how do we know what the bottom is of this bear market? Because that's what everybody wants to know if they're trading is when's the bottom? When's the cheap money happening? So he uses two different valuations. First one is just using a what's called a forward PE. PE is price to earnings ratio. Price of the stock is divided by the earnings per share and they come up with a number. The lower the number, the better, the more undervalued it is. The higher the number, the more overvalued it is. So he was saying here that in this case, the typical one, pause while I try to find it. Okay, erase that last part. Now, Sean Williams here, when he, as he starts this thing off, before we talk about that for PE ratio, he talks about how right here, officially, we have no clue. So he's just saying, we have no clue where the bear market bottom is. Best honest answer that he's had. Now he's talking about, here's some calculations you can use. So here's the forward PE, right? Now the forward PE right here, he says that consistently, if you look for the bottom, it's between 13 and 14. That's where they find their bottom. Their claim is that, of course, PE ratio is high, has been high. It says currently as of September 21st, 2022, it's a 15.9, higher than the 13, 14. He would say based on that, the bear market bottom, the SP 500, which currently as I'm recording this is actually right now, at 
3647. It might be higher or lower depending on when you're listening to this. 3647, it says it could be anywhere from about 3100 to 3300 on the upside. But what he's saying is really, even where it is now, that could still go down a little bit lower. And that means even from where I am at 3647, going down another 500 points is like losing another 15% after you've already lost over 20%. That means you're really losing a total about 35%, about a third of your money before you finally get a recovery. Remember, when the market goes down, it goes down pretty hard and fast, but then recovers more slowly. It doesn't come back up hard and fast. It doesn't do a V-shape. It's more like a weird check mark. Now, he did say that this is not always perfect. He talks about the S&P 500 Schiller ratio, which right now shows a 28.9. Just use a little bit different valuation. Now, this one, the Schiller actually says that the bottom is supposed to be about 2,900 to 3,300. So again, big upside, 3,300. But this one could be as low as 2,900, meaning you lose about 40% total of your total uh, from the height of the beginning of 2022. So either of these valuations are saying, you know, the market bottom is around 3,000, give or take. That's what they say. Now, PE, using PE ratios, it's not a good indicator, okay? I actually used to, to put weight into that but over time, I realized that wasn't the case. I used to use things like peg ratios, where it's price divided by earnings, divided by growth, five-year growth estimates. Here's the problem. I just saw recently, I'm trying to remember who it was right now. Uh, one of the financial pundits out there said, hey, well, market valuations are based on like this 50X multiplier because of lower interest rates. If interest rates keep increasing into this territory that they're going into right now, we have to reevaluate what valuations are actually becoming. Price to earnings, the problem with price to earnings, they usually take the past 12 months. They take the past and then they try to project a little bit of the future as well. But if because of higher interest rates, those future projected growth of those companies go down, that shifts and changes everything. That means the valuation. So even when they say that that one PE ratio is like 13 to 14, remember that these things adjust along the way. And this author, you know, Sean Williams does acknowledge this in that article. He does say in here in Motley Fool, he says, no, it can adjust depending on what happens in the future. Duh. Yes, none of us can predict the future. One more reason why not to gamble your money into the stock market. And it's amazing how many of you get so upset when I say gamble. They're like, it's not gambling. It's not like going to Vegas. Over time, it goes up. You're right. Over a 20-year period, the market has always been higher. There have been some 15-year periods, not so much. But they always say 20-year periods, at least they've gone higher. Yeah, we get that. But many of you don't want to wait 20 plus years to make your money back, do you? Or just get a little bit of growth. You need a massive amount of growth now, tomorrow, and next year, and the year after that, and the year after that, to even have hope of financial freedom. And they don't even realize that these people that are telling you, oh, no, the market's safe. It's a great place to be. It always goes up. They don't realize that they're trapping you in a place where you're not going to make enough. Because the truth is you will not make enough money in the stock market. It has not done that kind of return. Answering to many of you guys, and especially those that are the trolls, the truth is that the market, a safe place to be, it isn't very diversified. That's why you can lose money in it. If it were diversified, you wouldn't lose money. If it were diversified, truly diversified, you would have some up, some down, but you would overall still make some money. That's not the case here. You can lose a lot of your money. And some of you have already lost too much of your money and you're holding on because you don't want to lose more. I'm here to tell you, you hold on. You're not just going to lose more as the bear market goes down farther. 
but you're also going to lose in the sense that you've lost time, your most precious commodity, when that money could be doing something better in these other alternative investments that we talk about. And yeah, someone will say real estate investing is risky. That's because you're an idiot. Sorry. If you believe real estate investing is risky, either one, you're ignorant, or two, it's because you don't want to look into it. Or maybe you're just a gambler anyways, and you do dumb stuff. So either you're ignorant, you just don't know that better options, or two, you just don't want to know because you've got some sort of self-interest in it. Maybe you're a financial advisor posing to be someone who thinks the stock market's the way to go because you want their money to go in with you. This is why we don't offer a fund ourselves. This is why we don't sell any investments ourselves. That very purpose to not be swayed by our own self-interest because people got it, whether they like to admit it or not, they're self-interest. I'm self-interested to teach you this stuff. One, because I know you get your results. But two, when you get better results, that makes us look better. And what does that do? That gets more social proof that more people want to do this and over and over because the truth shall set you free. And the problem is the truth is not being taught, not by the majority. The majority is teaching you how to remain broke your entire life, not how to do it differently. Let me show you what I see in the market. Those are the PE ratios, but the ratios are dumb. They can be flexed. Here's what I look at. And this is based on my stock trading days. You look at trend lines. You look at how things ebb and flow. One thing I learned as a stock trader, of course, that there tend to be patterns and it's not, it's no different here. When you're looking at stock market, there tends to be patterns. This is a trend line I have drawn back from the great depression. So often it bounces on this line. Now it could take decades before it actually comes all the way down. This one got close. So see that, you know, right here, 1942, they're beginning 42. It hit the line, bounced up. The S&P, by the way, was showing here at 7.66. And how would you like to buy that? Seven bucks. Now it bounced up. Now it came down a little bit, really close to that trend line again in 1949. That was seven years later, but it kept going back up and up. This is the period that's interesting. The mid, really when you go from like the mid sixties into to about the early eighties, it stays flat. Look at that. The heights are pretty much almost all the same right there. Now they bounced around right about 1974, bounce off the line, and then it bounced off the line again throughout the 70s. It starts hugging the line a little bit before it starts taking off in the 80s, especially after Reagan got in office and Paul Volcker and everything. Everything takes off, and then it just keeps going up and up and up, and then we have Y2K. And even when it comes down, it doesn't quite hit the line, goes up again, and then bam, there's the Great Recession. That hits the line once more. Hadn't hit it since the 70s, hit it again. Notice it's been going up and up and up and up and up, up almost looking like Y2K. Just like I told people, I said, hey, look, this thing's getting way high. It's got to pull back. There's the tiny little pullback. Now, so many of you are worried about losing money. The thing you should be really looking at is I've made lots because even where it is right now, it was like that just a few years ago. Just in 2020, we had around 3,600. Same thing. It was even lower at some certain points, depending on when in 2020. You still have more money now than you did two years ago. That should be comforting because that means you took profits from really the government overprinting money. They started giving money to everybody, falsely creating a bigger bubble than it already was. It was already crazy. By the way, we were moving into recession 2019. I was sitting in meetings in different mastermind groups, and all of us were gearing up for 2020 to be the continuation of a recession that was starting in 2019. Totally got ignored. After the whole COVID thing, Then we tanked interest rates like crazy. Interest rates, by the way, were already coming down before COVID, just so you know. Feds were already lowering rates because they saw a recession coming. Everything tanked. They lowered it to the back to quarter percent Fed rate, you know, zero to quarter percent. And then they started printing money like crazy, sending it to all the households so people could keep paying their payments and all that kind of stuff, overinflating the market, getting dumb money into the market, driving the stock market higher than it should be. I'm looking at this market being way higher. Right now, 
based on where we are currently, look now. So I have this projected. I have this going out. I'm going to move this over a little bit more so you can see 2025 because I think we're going to see something happen for at least a few years in 2024, maybe 2025. Right here. Look at this. So we go back to right about where we are now, right? 2023, this thing, this S&P should be right around 1700. 1700 guys, that's more than 50% drop from where it is right now. I don't think it'll go down to 1700 personally. It could. And often when there's a bear market, it overcorrects, it goes beyond what it should. And then it bounces back up. It could go down that low. I think it's more like it's going to be around 2000. That's my prediction. So where the Schiller index says around 2900, I think if it actually goes back to where normal is, as barring, of course, there's no crazy printing of money, again, drive us more in debt, driving up more inflation, which means you lose anyways. I really truly believe we're going to see this getting down closer to 2000 on the S&P. That's not quite 50% loss from now, <laughs> but from what you where you were, where the market was at 4,800 at its height, it was up there at 4,800 at the beginning of this year of 2022, coming down to 2000 would be devastating for your mutual funds, for your retirement accounts. Devastating. This would set back everybody. This would put the baby boomers in a pinch that they'd never felt before. Gen Xers like myself would say, crap, this market better come back or I'm toast. This is what we're trying to fight against. This kind of crap where people believe that this is true. Now, it's not just on charts because I know that charts aren't the only thing. There's more to us than that. So let me show you that this is what I see with the SP 500, right? Now, I have this chart going back to the Great Depression, really going back from the 1930s. Notice I have this little line here. This is what's called a trend line. Trend line, what happens that as time goes on, the market does go up and it tends to bounce off of certain points. And there's different things called support lines, resistance. See right here, there's like these two tops. They hit about the same point. That's called resistance. When they hit that same point, like right around 1500 on the S&P, that's a point where it becomes like this little top, but it also becomes a bottom eventually where it doesn't go below that down the road. So there's tops and these bottoms. Like imagine like these invisible floors as you're going up and climbing up through a, through a building, right? Well, here's where we are now. Now we've come down. This is as of September 27th. We're about 3647 is where the market closed. This might be more or less depending on when you're watching this. Now notice that we're pretty far above this trend line. In fact, the trend line right now is about 1700. So that means for it to come back to order. Now notice that over the years, it tends to bounce on it. Now it might take decades before it bounces. In the 70s, it bounced along it like a little bouncy ball, just like it was in the sing-alongs back in the 1970s. But then it took off, even Y2K, look how high it was. And then even after the Great Recession, then bam, hits the floor right there in the Great Recession. Right about 2009, March 2009 was a low before it came back and bounced up. This is also when my wife, Adise, had actually bought mutual funds right about that same time, making lots more money in the market because she bought at the right time. Some of you might've done this. And then it took off and it's been over valued ever since. And then that's normal. It's normal for it to want to correct and pull back. Now it may not pull back all the way. It might pull back part of the wage that has done in other times where you see it pull back and then go up again. That could happen. If it doesn't pull back all the way, it's what it can often happen. It's like what you see here in the 1960s. Look here, right around 1965, it hits up, you know, right around just about hundred, right? Notice it doesn't get much over hundred the entire time. It just stays right around there. And even into the seventies, look at this. It wasn't until we got into the 1980s and then finally, and even then, it wasn't until really 82, started to see it really take off. Took it really 17 years before we got past that little height that it hit right around 1965. Understand that sometimes you can get stuck just like people in the 60s and 70s did 
before things really took off. This is why the stock market wasn't as popular during that time because what, what kind of money would you make there? You make more in a CD that used to be higher interest rates back then. Anyways, long story short, this could pull back. Now, I don't think it'll pull back all the way to 1700 because the truth is the line just keeps going up. I think it's going to meet in the middle. If it does go all the way down, it could go down as low as 2000. So where they're predicting 2900, 3000 at the bottom, my prediction is I think it could go as low as 2000. It may not. It may continue to bounce up before it comes down and there's a harder crash later. That should concern you because that trend line still doesn't even hit to where it should be. You know, what we're talking about here till 2034, right where we are now, the trend line would be really 12 years from now where it should be, where it is today, right? And that's after you already lost over 20% of your money. I think you could possibly lose over 50% total from the height that we saw at the beginning of 2022. That should concern you. Now, that's not the only thing. Okay, pause the video now. Okay, so that's not the only thing that should concern you, right? The other thing that should concern you, of course, is what's happening. Right now, the feds, it came out in the last meeting here in September. The feds actually announced as part of the stuff that had been glossed over by many investors or by even by the media is that Jerome Powell, the Fed president, said, and I'm not quoting exactly, I'm paraphrasing. He said that he wants federal funds rate, which is now at three and a quarter percent, to surpass current inflation, whatever the current inflation levels are. So right now, the inflation level is showing 8.3% that they're reporting. We know it's higher, but they're reporting 8.3%. He's at 3.25. He's 5% below where current inflation is. So what he's saying is he's going to aggressively raise these rates, these interest rates, until at least it surpasses. Now, maybe inflation starts coming down gradually. They might meet in the middle somewhere, but it's very possible he could be raising rates two, three, four percent more than what they are currently. That should concern you because that's already making money expensive, makes it harder, contracts the economy. And he even admitted himself saying, look forward to the average American and some small businesses pretty much being a pain, suffering. They already are acknowledging that. Now, I know it's going to be much worse than that because if they're acknowledging that, there's a problem. They're already aggressively going for it. And they tend to swing the pendulum too far to where they overdo it. And then it throws us into a recession, possibly a depression. And then they try to come back and undo it and lower interest rates again to see if they can get things spurred up again. But already it's happened. If there's a lag effect and they're trying to watch it, but the truth is they swing the pendulum too far. This is going to affect most everybody. You've got money in the market. You should be concerned because in a bear market, they hate this. <clears throat> now, it's not just the U.S. We also have other countries having issues too. Globally, we're actually looking pretty nice right now. The dollar is stronger than it's ever been. Well, that's not good news for U.S. because that means that often things are going to start outsourcing outside of the U.S. This means we start importing a lot more than we export because why do we want to pay top dollar, no pun intended, for stuff that's more expensive? Other countries, now it might help other countries, but don't count on it. There is so much turmoil going on, especially in Europe and everywhere else. There's so much going on that that ripple effect will be creating ripple effects across each other to where we're going to have this major contraction right now. I really believe economically, this is going to be the worst time for the average American, but the best time for those that are educated, those that actually are looking for the opportunities. I'll say this, many people are afraid to hold cash because of inflation. I think this is the best time to have cash. Cash right now is your friend, especially if you can buy real assets that are benefited by inflation. Guess what? We talk about those. We talk about real estate. We talk about oil and gas. A lot of these things are being benefited. By the way, oil and gas, mark my word, after November, prices will come back up because they got their votes that they wanted. So then prices are going to come storing back up because the truth is they're dipping in our reserves like crazy. Our U.S. reserves are getting low. 
it's not a good thing. So we're going to start seeing prices going back up again, at least for the, the oil. We're going to start seeing the stock market tank. It's not going to be pretty, guys. The thing you got to do is make sure you're not the casualty here. You don't become the victim to this because it's not for you to become the victim. This is for you to come out triumphant, victorious. And you can do that if you just start doing the opposite of what everybody in the media tells you. And I I, I hate to say it, but we're like a broken record, aren't we? (laughs) Are we saying again and again? I'm saying this because I'm truly emphasizing that you need to question everything. And even though I know there are some faithful listeners here, Many of you have been listening to my advice. You've been listening to my predictions, watching them come true, and then doing nothing about it. The ones that I'm really happy about are those that say, you know what? I can see what you're saying. You're right. I took action. And man, it saved me a lot of money. And I have had those people too that said like, I would have lost over a hundred or $200,000 had I kept my money in the market. Now, I'm not saying again, you guys sell. I'm not legally making any recommendations because the truth is, that you might be doing different stuff. I actually talked to somebody today that says, hey, I've actually been shorting the market, meaning he's selling at the high point and then you buy at a lower point. So you do it in reverse order. You do, I know it seems weird, but you can actually bet on the downswings, make money on the downswings of the market. He's starting to been doing, he's been doing that, making bank the last little while. I said, great, good job. Way to go. Good, you know, keep it up. You know, if you want to keep it up, don't count on it for financial freedom, but hey, if he's going to take advantage of it, like using an index that, actually goes up when the markets go down, he's doing great. But for the most part, you're not going to see people doing that kind of thing. Even the people that tell me SP 500 is the best thing, they're not trading the SP 500. They're not trading stocks. They're putting their money in mutual funds, letting it sit there. And they're saying, no, I'm just going to hold on. In fact, if I turn a blind eye, it's going to be good. This is the same thing that husbands do in their marriages, isn't it? Sorry, wives. I don't mean to discriminate. You might be doing it too, but it's not uncommon for husbands to turn a blind eye to what's going on in the family. They're saying, I'm happy. I'm good. And then their spouse leaves them. Could be the same thing with kids. Could turn a blind eye to your kids. Don't worry about them. Uh, hopefully it'll all turn out. And then they wonder why their kids end up screwed up. Guys, you don't think that happens with money too? Turn a blind eye to it. I don't watch it. I just want away from, tell me when it comes back up. I don't want to watch. No, no, don't let me watch it. This is a scary movie. Uh, no, I can't. Guys, this is how you lose money. Happens every time. And most people will end up selling at the very market bottom. So don't do what the majority of people do. The dumb money right now haven't left the market. Here's another key factor. Here's why I know it's going to go much lower. The big money, the invest, the bigger investors, the hedge funds and the people that have portfolios, they've already started to sell off their stocks. They already know what's coming. The retail investors as of now and here in late September have not sold off anything. Man, I mentioned that last year in 2021, that dumb money was going into crypto, it was going into the stock market and we've seen the effects of it as it's gone down. But the dumb money hasn't sold yet. Just like in crypto, most people haven't sold all their crypto yet. The people that have already missed out are holding on their crypto, hoping, well, maybe we'll come back. Like I sold mine in March. It was at a height when I realized it was being price controlled. I sold my crypto. I had some just to play with, just to gamble with, not to make money off of, really. But I made some money. I made some pretty good money on that deal. But I also got out when people were saying, go in. People aren't really saying, get out of the market right now. They're saying, hold on. So the majority of Americans, the retail investors, they call it, have not pulled their money out yet. That's why there's so much more room to go on the stock market. Question is, are you going to be the person that finally says, after all the normal money, the dumb money's come out, then saying, I'm going to sell now. And then you got this little bit left to say, Chris, now what do we do with it? You're going to do that? Or you're going to say, maybe I can capitalize on what's going on now. Maybe I can just move my money and just protect it. Maybe I want to keep it in the market. Or maybe I want to keep it 
in the same place. Maybe I don't do real estate investing. Maybe I just keep it there, but maybe I move it to like a money market or somewhere that's safe and certain. So at least I don't lose money while it goes down. And if it hits this really great low, maybe it bounces on that trend line. Maybe it does. The SP goes down to 2000. I can tell you, I might be putting money in to the market. Uh, again, not enough to try to, to make a lot of money on, but enough to say, I can gamble this and I don't care, right? I probably would because I, again, watch those trends and I don't mind doing that. Just like I did with Bitcoin when it got down below 6,000, I bought after a crash from its 20,000 high and then sold when it was up around 50,000. There you go. Made money off that. The same thing with the market. I might do it too. Again, I'm not giving recommendations, but the people that actually act now before everybody else says to do something are the people that win. When you wait for everybody else, when you wait for the masses to do it, that's when you take the M off the masses and that's what you become. <laughs> that's where you look like one. You look like the masses. You don't want to do that. You don't want to get caught with your pants down. You want to be the person that actually gets out early and people will look back and say, that was awesome. I can't believe you did that. How'd you know? Because I listened to good, smart people. I'm not saying I won't be wrong. Nostradamus, in fact, I've made many wrong predictions before. But I do know when the market feels crazy and when there's more room to go, it generally does. Take it for its worth. You can figure out whatever you're going to do with this kind of opinion piece that I'm giving here. But the choice is still up to you. What are you going to do about it? Could you actually be using this money in better places? Could you actually be using this money to help you create cash flow and passive income now versus waiting because you don't want to lose 20% of your money because you're just holding on, hoping that it'll come back to where it was at least a year or so from now. And it finally hits the bottom and bounces up. You finally say, great, now I just got to wait. And then it bounces up slowly. And then you're waiting five plus years before you finally say, got my money back. The problem is you did not get your time back. You lost those five years. You could have been doubling or doing better than that on your money. That's the thing you lose out on. That's what time does to you. Guys, if you have any questions, reach out to us, moneyripples.com. But is the bear market over? Heck no. It's got plenty of room to go. What are you going to do about it? That choice is yours. Make it a great and prosperous week. Visit us online at moneyripples.com for more resources to help you fix money leaks and get your money working harder for you now. Thank you.